Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On June 20th, 1787, the Constitutional Convention moves to call the nation the United States. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There'll be no fireworks today, nor patriotically themed sales, but this date should be marked by careful students of American history. In Philadelphia, at the Pennsylvania State House, now known as Independence Hall, the Constitutional Convention voted to build a government of, quote, the United States. The summer of 1787 had been a complicated one. It was a heady time. The company gathered for the convention was dazzling. James Madison believed the delegates the most respectable characters in the U.S. Benjamin Franklin thought the convention the most august assembly he ever was in in his life. America has certainly upon this occasion drawn forth her first characters, George Mason of Virginia remarked. There are upon this convention many gentlemen of the most respectable abilities, and so far as I can discover, of the purest intentions. The eyes of the United States are turned upon this assembly and their expectations raised to a very anxious degree. Heading into Philadelphia, Madison had outlined what became known as the Virginia Plan, proposals that included an executive, a judiciary, and a bicameral legislature in which seats in both houses were apportioned according to population. The task, Madison wrote, was to seek, quote, some middle ground which may at once support a due supremacy of the national authority and not exclude the local authorities wherever they can be subordinately useful. By offering the sweeping Virginia plan, Madison and his allies had sought and won the initiative, and they were eager to press ahead. On Wednesday, May 30th, they moved, quote, that a national government ought to be established consisting of a supreme legislative, executive, and judiciary. To Madison, sitting in the assembly room, scratching away to catch the give and take of debate, the resolution does go to bring out the sense of the House, whether the states will be governed by one power. By one power. In Madison's view, if the convention endorsed this principle, then everything could proceed. If it did not, then everything might be at an end. It was the most basic of questions, and it had to be answered one way or another right there and right then. One by one, the delegations arrayed in front of George Washington and of Madison voted on the motion to establish a national and supreme government. The uncertainty of the recent past weighed heavily. Massachusetts voted yay. Connecticut held out, refusing as yet to surrender so much sovereignty to an unknown central power. New York was divided. But then the cascade began as all the other states present 
Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina voted yay, agreeing that the national route, however fraught, was preferable to the chaos of the Articles of Confederation. By June 20th, this date, the issue was largely decided, but an important vote occurred. Oliver Ellsworth of Connecticut wanted to make sure the government was styled not as a national government, but as the government of the United States. His reasons included a desire not to supersede the Confederation without a vote of the people, but the means of ratification were to be decided later. The enduring significance of the date is that, quote, the United States was now in the vernacular and would remain so. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. Hey, Mama, we see you. All the visible and invisible work you do for others and yourself. That's why this Mother's Day, the Meditation for Women podcast has a special free guided meditation just for you. Stay to listen to hundreds of guided meditations available for you. Some to help you sleep, start your day, release anxiety, and tune into your intuition. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.